literally an institution in this town of digging up old photos, old stories, collections, everything you can imagine under the sun about this great city. Greasy spoons, dives, old clubs. If you love this city, you're going to love it even more. Real people, real stories, real places. This is the Austin Found Podcast. Welcome back to the show. We appreciate you tuning in. I know there's a lot of choices for entertainment out there, especially in the modern world. So tuning in to Austin Found means a lot to us. I'm J.B. Hager. And I'm Michael Barnes. We're with the Austin American Statesman. And, and Michael's have been collecting the, these stories for Austin Found over decades as a writer here at, at the Statesman. I want to know the motivation to write this story, which is really fun, but is why are there no gayborhoods ah, in Austin? Yes, yes. And just, you know, just so you know where I'm, the context of what I'm talking about, like a lot of cities have neighborhoods where everyone knows that is where gay culture lives and thrives and it's residents and, and, and bars and restaurants and particular boutiques and shops that all are part of gay culture. We don't have that where people would go, oh yeah, I mean, we do for a small smidge, mm-hmm. which we'll get to in a second. What was the motivation to write this? Well, at the time, there was a proposal to paint a, a rainbow color crosswalks at West 4th Street and Colorado Street, which is where a lot of gay businesses were clustered and still are some. But there was some concern that the other businesses would feel like they were being left out or this was not a good idea. Uh, Some other cities had done it already. And so I thought we were going to get our our rainbow crosswalks, but we never did. (laughs) Yeah. If I was a betting man on Austin having rainbow crosswalks, I would say, yeah, that's going to happen. You know, I, that was six years ago. I bet if we if it came up again today, it would be done that week. I mean, we painted Black Lives Matter on Congress Avenue, right know. over uh, over an entire block. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And people were very respectful of that. Yeah. Let's get into this because most cities do have an area. Bigger cities. Bigger yeah. cities, and yeah. and and people are very aware of it. And in Dallas, it's Oak Lawn. Right. And Houston, correct me if I'm wrong, it's Montrose? That's correct. But outside of that one block off 4th Street, you don't, you can't identify that with Austin. No, and gay, uh, lesbian, LBGTQ people live all over the city, and they cluster a little bit. For instance, your neighborhood, Travis Heights, was known for a while for having a wonderful, uh, thriving lesbian community. And also, you you did have in the story, because I had to look up the neighborhood, Wilshire Woods. Yeah, that's up um, in, on the east side of the freeway. It, it has some beautiful mid-century homes. At one point, I began to realize I was going to a lot of gay dinner parties mm-hmm. in that neighborhood. And I, you know, but it, it, there's never any way you could tell these things from the street, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, not like if you were in Greenwich Village or Chelsea in New York or any Castro in San Francisco, Boys Town in Chicago, mm-hmm. the famous ones. Nothing like that. Oh, and there was also a bit of gay businesses on Red River at one time, but not so much anymore, right? No, not anymore. It it was the, the gay business district for a while, which Red River played that kind of role for all kinds of communities. Black, Latino, Chinese, Lebanese, and gay for a while. A lot of those clubs that are now the heart of Austin indigenous music venues 
along Red River. That was the gay district. I'm trying to get my brain around which scenario is better. Like, mm. if you're saying how Austin has handled the gay culture, is it better that it's not concentrated, that it's just, you know, it's integrated, right. for, for lack of a better term? And and it maybe does that mean that it's not as big of a deal if you have a gay neighbor in the suburbs right right in austin or or, i don't know there's a lot of discussion a lot of debate about that because yes it it is a good thing that we are everywhere and as uh, one source told me all of austin is our neighborhood at the same time you lose some of those cultural amenities which people when you hear that their their neighborhood is being gentrified or their their neighborhood is is disappearing, uh, their community is disappearing. You miss the gay businesses. You miss community centers. If you're a young person or an old person or a newcomer, and you go, well, where do I go if I'm gay? And you know, what is, where's my place in this city? We don't have that. So those of us like myself and Kip who've been together for thirty years. You know, we don't have to worry about that. But I worry about the people who don't have a place, who don't have friends, who don't have a place where they can feel safe. And that was the original reason. Yeah, I want you to expand on that. And it, it, you know, it didn't dawn on me until you you shared it in your story. It's like, yeah, I feel safe here. Yeah. Because there are a lot of witnesses around. There are a lot of like-minded people around who don't want to harm me. Right. I'd be naive to say that it's safe everywhere now for uh, a gay person on the street from violence, but it, I mean, it's got to be exponentially better. Those those neighborhoods grew up for a reason and safety was the number one. Very much the same way, it's an imperfect parallel, but after emancipation, African-Americans gathered together in freedom colonies. There were a lot of reasons. They could own their own land. They they could control their own lives. They have their own churches and schools. But also they had more safety. They could control that part of their lives. There was a book that came out right before I wrote that story called There Goes the Gayborhood, <laughs> which is kind of a corny title. But the writer, writing in a more academic way, said there were like three periods of gayborhoods. There was the closet period, the coming out period, and the post-gay period. And basically, prior to World War II, people who were gay lived in scattered little clusters in urban areas. But after the war, and this has been well documented, the soldiers came home and they disembarked in places like San Francisco and Los Angeles and New York. And they were like, you know, we would just went through a war. We're not going back in the closet. So mm. that's the origin. I put my life on the line for this country. Yeah, I, I'm, oh, I'm going to have fun. Yeah. And I'm going to meet people who were like me. And so they created these gay ghettos. And they were quite functioning all through the development of gay liberation, including the, the Stonewall riots, and on through the AIDS crisis. In this century, people have noticed that these neighborhoods are beginning to to fade away, in part because the gay residents fixed up houses and made, you know, streets more pleasant and so forth, so that that they became attractive to 
straight people and families and I all think, kinds of other people. I think uh, it, not on the show, but in passing to you, the, <laughs> the subject of neighborhoods came up, and I said, if you know where one is, a new one, let me know. I'm buying there. <laughs> because they, they, there is a history of going into an impoverished area, and mm-hmm. then they clean it up. Yeah. And it becomes beautiful. And then, yes, straight and, people move in. And, and it, then it's no longer the same community. Yeah, yeah. And because you could go through the neighborhoods in the 70s and 80s, and I, I lived in several of them, and just every other person on the street was gay. And it, not only the feeling of safety and you could be whoever you wanted to be, but also a lot of communication of of the kind of political power that we had. You had mayoral candidates and city council candidates, Congress candidates coming to our neighborhoods to get our vote because we were a block. We were, that's B-L-O-C, <laughs> not B-L-O-C-K, but we were a voting block. Mm. And I remember after Kathy Whitmer got elected mayor of Houston, and I went down to this big park that's right above Buffalo Bay in Houston, and there were like tens of thousands of people cheering her. It was like Evita, mm. you know, she, it was like she had gone up against the old straight Anglo business establishment in Houston and really became one of the first progressive mayors. So yeah, the neighborhoods had a, a political function too. And I love the theories, both from, you know, your observations and research and then books like, uh, there goes the neighborhood, but I would have never put two and two together. This of why these neighborhoods might disband or, or, go, or go away is the well the laws and opinions about gay adoption have changed mm. right so you have a lot of couples having families gay couples right. and like the rest of us they choose to raise them in the suburbs right well, like a lot of them but you know interestingly now my neighborhood is now full of baby strollers yeah you know it's always first the dogs and then the baby strollers <laughs> well you know it, in general austin is moving back to to the, uh, to the city and people want to be close because they don't want to be in their car for two hours right, a day right, right? which un- unfortunately displaces other people but it is a fact of life yeah in our city but it didn't dawn on me that gay couples choosing to raise families and then moving into the burbs completely made sense to me. Yeah, and, and there are so many other things, too, uh, that go on in this e- equation. But the bottom line is, why didn't Austin ever get a neighborhood? It's because we didn't need one, because the city was always more tolerant than other places in Texas, especially. But it was tolerant of hippies. It was tolerant of people of color. Now, that does not erase all the prejudice and racism and other things that this city has experienced, but it was always attractive to people who were different. That's why we have our music scene. That's why, you know, our university students don't ever want to leave. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Is because it has been a place where people are open to difference. That story came out of Indelible Austin, Volume 1. I don't know why I always hold it up for a podcast, <laughs> but I do. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> I hold it up because, uh, I don't know. Anyway, it's, it's, a, it's a fantastic read, and that story came from Volume 1. Pick up all the volumes. There are, at this moment of uh, the end of 2020, three out. One more coming soon. One more volume coming out. You can buy all of them at Book People. 
Yeah, volume four. I'm turning in the rough draft to my editor next week. Okay. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> you know, somebody may, may be listening to this and 20 years from now and going, what are you talking about? There's 30 volumes out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stopping at 12. Okay. 12 is my max. <laughs> hey, and if you are a, a history buff and you want to take it a little broader, subscribe to Think Texas. That's right. That's our, our Texas history digital newsletter. It's free. It comes out every Tuesday. You can find out about it at our at Statesman's newsletter page, which is statesman.com slash newsletters. Or if you want it on your digital device, text the word Think Texas, all one word, to why do I want? Why do I always use air quotes when I do that? It's just yeah, it's just our voice here. Uh, it's just a voice. We're just doing a show for each other visually, right? <laughs> a little mime show. But uh, text think Texas to three three seven seven seven. And again, thank you for tuning in. We I do realize there are a lot of choices for your entertainment. If you enjoy this, pass it on to your friends. Post on socials. Tell it to it. Talk to people. Pick up the phone, call your mom, tell her to listen, <laughs> things like that. She'll love it. Uh, it definitely is growing. The numbers on the show are growing, and we just want to spread our love of Austin. All right? Thanks for tuning in. Happy trip. Happy trip.